this episode of The Whole Testament, Dave, Kevin, and Fred talk about the battle against flesh and spirit. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to discuss in a future episode, email us at thewholetestament at gmail.com. And if you think there's anyone in your life who might benefit from listening to The Whole Testament, they can find us at thewholetestament.com or on Apple Music and Spotify. week on the entree episode i have kevin hey hey fred yo and gary sinise gary sinise is here too guys <laughs> <laughs> he brought his chicken salad sandwich with him to eat he's really swell of him he didn't share with me though <laughs> oh it'll never get old uh, yeah that will never get old rare mood today as we record absolutely it's, fun. it's good it is good it's, fun. it's fun. Um, a really good mood yeah yeah, <laughs> drinking my coffee. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. So we today are going to tackle this. Um, so in the last in the last episode, the appetizer episode, we were kind of talking about the collision of heaven and earth and where they collide, and how Jesus is that collision point. As he speaks with Nathaniel, he, he's telling him, "Wait till you see this: the angels ascending and descending." Um, and then how he's like put his spirit upon us, and so now we become like the the heavenly spiritual presence in a broken, dark world. We become now the bridge between mm-hmm. the physical and the spiritual. So what the direction we're going to do? Um, what just a heads up at the beginning. There's kind of like two sections to what we're looking at today. So um, as I've thought about. Being that connection point, being the holy in the chaos, um, I've had the opportunity to see, like, focus in on the chaos, right, of my life. We're going to talk about two two specific things that prevent us from being the most effective collision where heaven and earth collide. Um, there, there are two things that we're going to talk about today that prevent us, that hold us back from being what God desires. And so that's where we're going to go through. And I'm going to start by telling a story. So uh, yesterday, I had a rough, it was a rough day at work. Um, it was doing exterior, I had to replace three exterior doors in a rather old house. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just an old house. It was an house, an old house built by a mom and her kid. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. So... Well, exterior. When you said exterior door, I was thinking it's been very hot where we live, so you're already outside. Doing oh, it's ex- hot. Yeah, it was exterior doors though, so you were outside doing this. Yeah, I'm like okay, tearing out the door, taking yeah, the yeah, old yeah. door out. So you're sweating out in the to sun. Uh huh. You know, trying <laughs> I hear you. to. I hear you. Yeah, and the doorways are not accurate, so I'm having to like, and they're they're plaster and really disgusting old insulation, and the the header. I don't get too technical on you here. The headers are not high enough, and so having to adjust it was—it's just, 
Anytime I do an exterior door, you just know you're in for a nightmare. And I had to do three of them on a really old house. On a really hot day. And, and it was a hot day, and it was not fun. And so it was a long day, and it was exhausting, and not one bit of it felt like it mattered. You know? Uh, here we go. Right? It yeah, didn't yeah. matter one bit. And I come home, and Stephanie has also had... A very difficult day. She's had to deal with stuff for church, choir stuff, planning and preparing and doing all this. But on top of that, um, you know, if you've got two or three kids and one of your kids isn't obedient, you can kind of manage it, you know, you discipline them, you can. But if you've got eight children Mm -hmm. and three of them are not doing what they're supposed to do, it absorbs your entire day. All your emotion, all your stress, is it just multiplies. So because we have so many, if yesterday three of them decided they're not going to do their chore list, they're they're just not going to do it, mama's going to tell them, you got to get your thing done, you got to get your list done, and they're going to just ignore her. Things aren't going to happen. She's already tired. She's also, at the time... That we're recording this, she's also like okay. 28 weeks pregnant. Well along. So I'm <laughs> exhausted, worn out, dehydrated. I come in, she's exhausted, worn out, doesn't get to leave her work, right? right? She doesn't get to leave the house. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so it was a difficult night last night. And the kids are tired and exhausted because they've been getting in trouble all day long, and then it's just, it just was a nightmare. It's a nightmare, and I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, where is the holiness in this moment? Right. Right? If God's supposed to be using us, like we're filled with the Spirit, and He's supposed to be using us to bring heaven to earth, we're, we're all failing, right? So we're going to talk about, <laughs> like... What is it? About as open and transparent yeah, as you Yeah, so there you go, right? And then I've got to get up and report, record a podcast on... Bummer. ...on that, on bringing heaven to earth, right? So... So, on the get-go, as you're talking, I think your transparency is amazing um, because I think that's... What you just described is real life. And I think the tension of what you're describing is I know that I'm bringing the kingdom in, I'm bringing a sense of holiness to my my everyday activities, but real life happens, I think is what you're saying. Yeah, I just, I listen. And that's okay. Listening through to some of the previous episodes and, you know, our church is going through Nehemiah and I the deal is is a great work is the title you know I'm doing a great work and uh, we're our small group is doing this marriage thing and it's by Francis Chan and it's all about like kingdom eternal living so I'm just getting bombarded from every area about like your focus should be on things of eternity you shouldn't be you know you should be seeing things through God's eyes you should be and yet it's like, I don't want to just put out another, some more noise. There's a reality is that it's it's really hard, and sometimes I really, I suck at it. 
You know, it's just, it's really hard to be eternal all the time. I think it's, oh man, now we're getting deep. So I think it's impossible to be spiritual all the time, unless you define spirituality as infused with the everyday things that you're about. Yeah, I think that's where I would, I mean, yeah, I feel like that's where I tend to land is like, is the, is the in everything like part of it. Like it's not overtly spiritual, but if I'm living, <clears throat> if I'm living the way that I'm supposed to be living, there's like that spiritual conviction about everything I do. I don't know if that makes any sense. My goal today is to say, okay, here's the reality of where I'm at and what does Scripture say to this and what is the cause of why it's so difficult and what are the solutions for it. Hopefully, that's what we cover. This first part, what we're going to talk about is the first, this first section. So we have two, two things that I've noticed that keep me back from being as more spiritual like, that's what God wants us to do. He's made it perfect forever, those who are being made holy. So for me, being that holy, these are some of the things that keep me back. Um, the first one is, uh, the dirt seems stronger than the breath. Unpack that. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wrote what it down, and I'm like, I highlighted about? it, and I'm like, yeah, this is so true. This is the reason. The dirt seems stronger than the breath. In Genesis, the difference... The difference between humanity and all of the rest of creation is God spoke everything else into existence, but humans, but Adam, he formed from the dirt. Right. So he's, that's the physical, and then he breathed into him his spirit. So the breath of God created the spirit, and so the struggle is that the dirt part of me seems stronger than the breath part of me. So the two components that make up humanity are the dirt, the flesh, the physical, and the breath of God that breathes life into us. And I feel like the struggle, the battle is, the dirt part of me is stronger than the breath part the spiritual, it just seems that way. And why is that? So I think these next few sets of scriptures are, as I was looking at it, are the reasons why the dirt seems stronger than the breath. It's not supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be flipped, right? It's supposed to be flipped. Which leads me to Romans 8, 5 through 8. For those, which we read this in the last episode, for those who live according to the flesh... So that's the dirt. Set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the breath, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's laws. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Mm-hmm. Dang it. Yeah, I think we would all agree with that sentiment, Fred. Yep. 
unpack your dang it. Okay, so I know I know what my tendency is, and I and even recently because because of like this study we were doing in in our small group and the stuff that we were talking about here on the podcast, I know it's like I feel like I'm constantly checking myself on what physical desires would be versus what I actually need to be focusing on. And it is completely in conflict with each other. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's like it's like hourly. I feel like I'm probably <laughs> probably like every thirty seconds. I'm half an hour. That, that, no, that. yeah, <laughs> nope, no, no, nope, no. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> that's something I feel like I'm battling against. So I want to throw this in here, and I want, and this is where. Um, some of the medieval like church fathers and some of that stuff kind of bubbles up. So we're talking about like the flesh versus the spirit. There was actually different practices and I don't know if people are familiar with this, but there were actually different practices where people would diminish the flesh or even punish their flesh. You're talking mm-hmm. about like that, like Martin Luther, like y- yes. yeah, yeah. O- almost like self flogging because they took these passages and this is kind of an interesting side. I mean, it's a, it's related, but it's still a side note. They would literally try to do this to punish quote unquote air quotes, punish their flesh so that they could then be elevated into a spiritual mindset or realm. I'm going to focus on the spirit, not on the flesh. Now I would say that's unproductive. That's almost like, I always see these conversations as pendulums where we kind of maybe go, we swing to one way to one other. It's all about the flesh. It's all about the mm-hmm. flesh. Or we swing all the way over to the spirit. It's all about the spirit. I'm being spiritual. I'm being holy. I'm called to holiness. Mm-hmm. So I think anytime we're having these discussions, you know, uh, you know, Fred is saying, I got to check myself, I'm checking myself, check myself, check myself. Um, and I think that is helpful, but I also think that there are times where we can obsess maybe too much about, am I in the spirit? Am I in the flesh? Am I in the spirit? Am I in the flesh? It's like a ping pong match. Does that, is that helpful? Or should we recalibrate the conversation? I don't know. Um, as I, I would say... So you're talking about them beating themselves. Yeah. Um, I would say for me that, well, there's t- first off, there I have only a handful of verses here that talk about this same thing over and over and over and over. So yeah. I feel like, and it's, there's so many. So I feel like it's highly significant for us to, we can read through them all. To That's get cool. that. No, we will. We will read. But I'm saying, like, the Scripture seems to, the the writers of the Gospels and the New Testament seem to say this is very important because it's almost in almost every book, right? Right. It's all over. Um, and so while you're talking about that, I just quickly looked up flesh in the Blue Letter Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the definitions is... The sensuous nature of man, the animal nature. Mm-hmm. And so I think what sets us apart from the animal na- from the animals, from the rest of creation right. is 
that we are created in the image of God. Right. And so we we should be continually fighting against our animal nature, the thing that sets us apart, which is, it seems totally crazy to me that I'm going to whip myself, and so then I'm punishing my flesh and causing myself to suffer physical harm, and that's how I understand this is saying, don't set your mind on things of the flesh, and so I'm going to think of it as my physical body. So to me, it's not... Correct. This and, is, it's, yeah. And the reason I shared that is that's where some of these interpretations over time come, yeah, turned into practices and they're not healthy. Which is correct. Yeah. It's, uh, this is to me what he's saying is I feel like Fred's probably on the right direction is that we got to, we got to train our minds and our thoughts, take captive every thought. We've said that in a previous episode. Right. It's like we have to, I, I feel like we become so desensitized as Christians that we don't even realize how often our brains go to things of that are solely physical, that animal nature, like the animal needs that I have as opposed to the spirit, the spiritual side of things. And so if we are... Uh, so for the one, Galatians 6, 8, for the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Um, beloved, 1 Peter two eleven, beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. 1 John 2.16, for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. I just looked that up oh, seconds, seconds before. <laughs> no, you're good. No, I was already going there. So why? Why were you going there? Well, because I think it's a... It's more than just a primal thing inside of us. It's also propagated in the world. So it's always around us. And according to 1 John, he's saying everything that's in the world, there's a, there's a constant craving of the flesh, there's a constant craving of the eyes, and there's a constant craving of pride. I mean, I don't know how much time you spend on social media, but the predominant theme of every social post for most people, I'm not saying, I mean, and this is a pretty broad stroke I'm painting here, but think about it. What is it? I'm doing this. I'm achieving yeah. that. I've, I've done this. I'm going on vacation. It's, it's a really tricky thing to navigate for Christians because the pride of life mm -hmm. sneaks in mm -hmm. time and time again. What is social media if not self-promotion? And what is self-promotion? Self-promotion is pride at mm -hmm. the core of it. Does that make sense? I hope... I'm, no, it I'm, does. I, I was having a conversation with somebody this week about like the early days of Facebook. Um, right. When I was in, when I was in college... It, How old are you? No, I'm just kidding. I'm 29. <laughs> wow. Early days of Facebook. I don't know. Facebook... <laughs> Kevin could tell what, us so about... Wait, Kevin's going to tell us next about the early days of the internet. 
Wait a second. We're almost <laughs> the same age, dude. No, I know. <laughs> but I actually could tell you about I the know, early days too. of the internet. Yeah. That's a fascinating thing. I want to hear about that. Hanging, hanging, All right. Hanging. The handshake with the dial-up modem. You've got mail. Yeah. And then the web crawler. And we thought we were hot stuff. Do if, you if we saw a website that only had hyperlinks on yes. it, we thought that was like the bee's knees. Yes. Yeah. Or uh, GeoCities. You could make uh, your own page. Yes. With yes. repeating GIFs. Yep. I remember that. We have detoured hard. <laughs> but that's a, that's in okay. 2003, when I got my Facebook account, yeah. it was when you would post a, a status update, and this has changed. I don't remember when this changed, but when you post a status update, it would say your name and then is, and then you'd fill in the blank. And that was your status. So, like, when people see it, it was very, like, you know, self, like, I, Fred Sourman is eating a bowl of ramen. I don't know. Right, right, right. Again, it, it, it feeds, the, feeds the, the, the self, the flesh part. So. Yeah, um, but I would even say I'm I'm not a I spend very little time. I'm not actually on the Instagram. No, You're not on the gram. I'm not. Come on, um, I have recently just because we started this podcast, and since it has to be, it's on Facebook. Some a few people follow have, us on Facebook. Yeah, the whole a few testament. people have IM'd me, which has made me come back a little bit and realize like I don't. I don't talk to anybody. I don't, you know, it's like, I don't know anything about anybody because everybody's just puts their status up and that's how you know. And so I know nothing about anybody anyway. Right. Um, but before, but, but so even for somebody who's not like, it's not social media is not the downfall, right? It's the whole downfall, you know, it's <laughs> no. a soul. It is highly significant to the, to what is causing us. But I would say you could remove social media from the whole factor of it, and you will find that our houses and our cars and our and our sure. job titles and our what how successful our children are. It's like if you think about like the amount of time we spend, which Fred just kind of mentioned in our days, stressing and worrying and thinking about all of the stuff that's like in our last podcast is just firewood it's just like yeah things that don't there are no of no significant value really like how much energy do we put in keeping up our appearance whether on social media or in our neighborhood or right our clothes or our cars or, agree it's no just, lie that's i mean that that's like a thing that it that is hard for me yeah it's that's really hard for me so, so what other scriptures are we talking? So when you're talking, well, I was just talking gonna, about that, yeah, what yeah, are, I was just going to read Galatians five. Yeah, um, go ahead. Seventeen, as we're talking about this, uh, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Which jumps back into I've got just a list here. If you guys have other ones, you feel free to 
Matthew 26, where Jesus is talking to Peter, watch and pray that you may not enter temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, mm-hmm. but the flesh is weak. Right. So I would say for me, and probably, I mean, obviously both you guys and probably a good amount of the people that are listening, that the desire, I mean, if somebody's listening to this podcast, they already have a desire to do what God wants them to do. I'm oh, sure. absolutely. Absolutely. Not really good enough to be evangelizing on this. Uh, the, the, our spirit is willing and our flesh is weak, and we are totally aware, we're totally aware that the desires of my flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. And so we have that war that's, war that's going on inside of us, right? So what, what do we do about it? That is a great question. Like last night, I come home and I don't want to deal with anything. Yeah. I won't, I don't. One of the things I said was to one of my, to my kids, they were all, they were angry for whatever reason. And I was like, you have no idea right now how angry I am, but I'm so angry, but I'm controlling it so you can't see it. Right, yeah. but it's and it's like, oh, good. So I'm controlling it, but I'm still super angry, and I'm telling her that in a calm tone. But does that make it any different? Right, it doesn't. It's still, it's like the flesh, and the reason why I'm angry is because I'm tired and I don't want to do anything. Right, I don't want to take the time to teach you about godly principles. <laughs> I don't want to bring the kingdom of heaven into the chaos that, that is. A, a family with a bunch of kids or even one kid, it brings chaos. You know, I yeah. don't want to spend the time and the yeah. effort and the energy because I am tired and I want to just sit on the couch, have a cup of water, and fall asleep. That sounds amazing. Yep. So the honesty with which Dave is talking about his experience is, I think, a battle that everybody faces. Everybody's had these moments. If you have any kind of family, you're going to have, if you have people, you have issues or you have challenges. And I would say unplugging is exactly what people do and they find avenues to unplug. And I think we're all guilty of it. And to say that you're not is just, you're kind of fooling yourself. Does that make sense? Is that fair? So that's one way you can respond to the chaos, right? Just unplug. Uh, I would say that the second way people respond to the chaos is they go headlong into it and they try to order it and they make themselves even more frustrated. I don't know. That's, I mean, that's my first. I've so seen, what, I've so seen, what is the, the... Depends on what the personality of the person is. So what is the answer for, for us, though? What is the real answer? What's the real answer? Yeah. You want you want my opinion? I want you just yeah. What is the answer? How do we overcome? The spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. So how do we overcome the f- weakness of the flesh? I have a thought. Yeah, go. I feel like if I was way more intentional about understanding scripture and all the stuff we're talking about, I would go straight to the to the spirit. You know what I mean? Like it's, I need to be way more immersed so that way I move not to the the flesh desires, but rather 
go towards the text and what it says I need to be doing. Mm. But I'm not, but I'm not, I don't do it enough. So then my brain is like, well, here's how, here's how you should deal with this. And it's, you know, opposite. So then, I, I don't know. I've been on a different journey probably in the last year where taking it to the feet of Jesus seems to be something that's very, very helpful because in and of myself, I don't feel like I can really ever have victory on this. Um, so people that like struggle, I think when we get our chest, you know, rear our you know, shoulders back and I'm going to take this on, I'm going to kill my flesh. Uh, I don't think you even have the capacity to do that. That's a work of the spirit. So what I think really needs to happen for most of us, and this has been my experience, is you need to come to a place of surrender where you're saying, okay, Lord, I am incapable of dealing with this, and, and this struggle is beyond me, and we get to the feet of Jesus, and we give it to him. And that looks like different things for different people. But And I don't know if that's really an answer, but maybe that's a, a suggestion. Mm-hmm. Um. I found this passage uh, while I was going through all this, looking at all the flesh, flesh passages. Um, in First Peter four, <clears throat> one and two, it says, "Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking." And that idea of arm yourselves, you know, it's kind of like what Fred was saying. Like, if I knew, I feel like if I knew the scripture better, if I knew. Arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. Do you, so basically it's saying Jesus suffered in his flesh. Why did he suffer in his flesh? Because his, what was he thinking? Arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. So what was Jesus thinking? Suffering in the flesh. Was he ever at any point about himself? No. Was anything that he was doing trying to build his ministry, build his thing, was he trying? He was not. Nothing was about himself as the human person. Like his entire existence was bring about the kingdom of heaven. Not my will, but your will. I don't want to do this. I don't want to go through this. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to suffer. But if it's your will then that's what I want. So for us to arm ourselves in the same way of thinking is to say, you know what? My life is not supposed to be comfortable. My life is not supposed to be easy. My life is not supposed to be solely for my enjoyment. My life is to be, I'm a tool. A lot of people would agree with that statement. Such a tool. (laughs) I'm a tool for the kingdom of heaven, and the whole purpose of my existence is to bring that about. And so I need to arm myself to say, when that, when it gets hard and I come in the house and everybody's having a hard day also, how, how do I arm? I, I can suffer through this because it's for the kingdom of heaven. I can suffer through this. And this next part of that verse is crazy. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. 
so as to live the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. To be able to say, okay, whatever this struggle is, whatever this addiction is, whatever this conflict is that's preventing me from being holiness in in the place that I'm in, to say, if I can come at it with the armed with the same way of thinking that Jesus has, that is, this isn't about me, this is momentary compared to what is to come. Like these these moment, this moment of struggle where my flesh is rising up against my spirit is moment. This will, this is a moment, a brief moment. If I can suffer through this brief moment and say, I can suffer through this. I can choose to suffer through this and not give in. Then I will have ceased from sin and live the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions but for the will of God, which uh, that's just, uh. but we have to arm ourselves. You have to be armed. Mm -hmm. And it's way easier said than done because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And what did Jesus tell Peter to do? What you were saying. Watch watch and pray. Pray, right. Yeah. Pray. Yeah, so when when you're talking, my brain, it just, um, thinking about several different things. Um, when I was talking about the I, the idea of surrender, I think that's exactly what that is. It Second Peter, yeah, First Peter oh, four, First Peter four, yeah, First. I think that's fantastic. Um, the passage that says, "Humble yourselves before before uh, the Lord, and He will raise you up." Uh, humility is something that we don't like to talk about even within Christian circles like well yeah I'm humble but at the same time I'm self-promoting it's kind of a weird bizarre mixture um, but what you're talking about is suffering through not my will I mean it's the life of Jesus agree a thousand percent and that just takes time where your motives and your that was it Philippians 2 the attitude that was in Christ Jesus should be in you. Well, what was his attitude? Though being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he humbled himself. And I think the path forward for all of us, I know just in my own life, when I've when I've got a place of humility and I'm not really driven by my own pride, my own agenda, controlling things, whatever it, whatever it looks like, manifests in different ways, um, we can get to that place. Mm-hmm. So like to Dave's illustration, you walk in and, you know, the wife's had a tough day. You've had a tough day. Your mm-hmm. kids have had a tough day. Just acknowledge and say, okay, you know what? We've all had a tough day. Maybe just acknowledge that and then just serve. And Jesus is like, the son of man did not come to serve or to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Mark ten forty five. I think this is the reference for that. Um. But man, that takes some time. <laughs> yeah, you got to arm yourself, and you got to equip yourself with that yeah. attitude. That attitude needs to be in you, which is like it goes right into Ephesians six. You know, the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor of God, right? That you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And that next verse, right? The next verse there is what is just 
kills. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. I, I as I'm reading this, I was thinking, um, I was sick a couple weekends ago, not feeling great, so I pulled out <laughs> the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> As a movie or the as book? As a, a book. Nice. And I read it. Um, I just finished a couple of days ago. And then after reading it, I was like, dude, I got to watch the movie, right? So I had one of my kids hanging out with me. Everybody else was doing something else. And we watched. And as I'm, and I'm totally, this scene comes into my mind as I read this passage. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. For those of you who haven't seen the movie, I'm sorry to spoil it for you. It's, it's been out spoiler long. Alert. It's been around. You know a while. what? It's been out long enough. You can I've spoil it for it. them. Um, Are you serious? I'm just kidding, <laughs> Fred. I was. I almost <laughs> went into panic. We mode. almost beat you up right here. I only watch Star Wars. Yeah, that's probably true. I think. <laughs> oh boy. So anyway, um, so there's this scene where they're all trying to decide. They're in the house of Elrond in Rivendell, right? And all the the representatives of men and elves and dwarves and hobbits are all there and wizards in there um, trying to decide what to do with the ring. And the scene is like the you start hearing the... It gets really confront, confrontational fast. Yeah, you can hear the yes. ring speaking in and it's affecting everybody in the circle and they start fighting and yelling and then Frodo stands up, I will take the ring! Right. Um, that almost sounds exactly like him. <laughs> yeah. But it's like it's this like I walk in Yeah. Just fresh off of last night you walk I walk in and I it was almost as if I was paying close enough attention I could have heard the dark speech of the land of Mordor in my kitchen. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. It's I'm not I'm not in an argument with my wife. Right. I'm not in this power struggle with my teenage children. Right. I'm wrestling against rulers and authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly place. We're in that physical heaven, earth and heaven have collided in my kitchen and the dark forces of evil in the heavenly realms that are there trying to destroy us. They're trying to destroy us. And I think the reason why we are so unimpactful in our world is because we don't hear the dark voices speaking. We don't realize the control that they have. And we think we're fighting against an addiction a neighbor, a boss, a spouse, a child. We think we're fighting against these things when in reality, what we're fighting against is an enemy who's already lost. He already knew he lost. And all he's caring to do is take out as many people as he can before he goes. Right. That's it. He's just desiring to destroy us, especially if you're trying to do anything for the kingdom of heaven. If you're Fred realizing how fleshly you are, the enemy is going to come at you as hard as he can and say, hey, we're just going to keep feeding this, feed this, feed this, feed this. I'm going to give you more opportunities to make the wrong choice. And so we have to arm ourselves. And it's not, we're not arming ourselves against addiction. We're not arming ourselves against a marriage. We're arming ourselves against 
spiritual forces of evil. That's how big of a deal it is. And I think that's one of the reasons why Christianity, especially at least in America, is so unsuccessful in drawing people. Our, our spiritual eyes have been blinded. We don't see the power of the enemy just destroying our churches. We don't see the power of the enemy destroying our marriages. And so we're just trying to live the American dream. Long have we been on the road But we don't face these hills So uh, as we're talking, you know, Dave, you had said there were two things, right? And we've already kind of covered one. So um, as we're going to pivot to the second part. So the first part was that the tension and then how we, how did you phrase it? I thought it was really good. The dirt is stronger than the breath. And so if we're living as dirt, we're not going to be very effective. The Spirit can't use us as as effectively as if we're focused and listening to what He's saying. And so the second part, um, there's a good scripture that'll just kick us off into the second part. It's in 2 Timothy 2, 3 through 4. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. <sighs> Part two, the second thing is the flesh that is just preoccupied, preoccupied. with civilian pursuits. Wow. As you're reading that, I like you always see those movies, the military movies where they're marching in formation or they're mm-hmm. running and mm-hmm. like a Navy SEAL movie or something and like the focus, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're prepping for the meeting. Or they're prepping for the mission, rather. Yeah. And it's always like, this is what we're going to do. You know, this is what we're gonna... And, you know, that passage speaks, it screams like focus, intent, paying attention. No Navy SEAL is in a mission to go wipe out some bad guys and save some hostages. Nobody's scrolling Facebook. Yeah. Nobody's... I, I know that's... I mean, we talked about social media earlier, but, but you know what I mean? It's like that, oh, I'm playing Sudoku on my phone. No Navy SEALs doing that. And that's a fantastic illustration of like hmm. distraction, lack of focus. I love that. That was a really good passage. Yeah. He calls us soldiers. We also tend to have this idea of what it means to be a follower of Jesus that sometimes goes in contradiction to what Jesus said. So I've done most of the reading. Fred, would you read Matthew ten thirty two through 39? Do you have that up? 
Can you pull it up? Yep. Got it. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. How many of us get up in the morning and think, okay, if I lo- whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves son or daughter is not worthy of me. You have to lose your life to find it. We just don't, we just don't live there. The majority of people do not live there. It's a tough, it's a tough teaching. Seriously, when was the last time you ever heard a sermon in church? You you have to die. Have you ever? I have never, ever heard anybody preach on this. You have to die. I think one of the things that holds us a lot of people back is fear. Fear. Like, you don't gonna, you're not going to go talk to the random homeless guy on the corner because it's not safe. You're not going to go, you're not going to move your kids to Iran where if they find out that you're a Christian, then you're dead. Yeah. Like I heard a story, I don't know, I think it was Matt Chandler was talking about it, um, where they had this in Iran, they have, their church meetings are, they all, they have a secret building they go to. As soon as they come in, they all take their cell phones. They take the batteries out of their cell phones. They stick their cell phones in a bathtub and cover them with pillows. And then they go into a secret, another room and they whisper and just all they do is go in there and they just pray, to, whispering, pray. And then that's their church service because that's all they can do. Because if anybody finds out, they're dead. And are we any don't. of us signing up to go over and be missionaries? No. Not me. And, and why? Because we value our life too much? We're afraid. We're afraid. We're fear, afraid. Fear and distraction. How many of the things that we do and the decisions that we make are based on trying to keep ourselves alive? Dave... I know, I know. No, I, no, I'm not mad at you. I'm just, this is just a, le- a level. We just don't talk about this. Guys, we just do not talk about this. So I found this verse that just, I was like, what? It's amazing. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Because I was looking at flesh and blood, like flesh verses. So I was reading them all. Um, since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same thing. So I was like, oh, that's great. You know, Jesus, here's a good passage we can use in the podcast. Jesus becomes flesh so he can share in the same things that we share in, right? Right. And then in chapter four, he says he's una- not unable to sympathize because he was also, right. because he was flesh, right? Yes. Okay. So go ahead. Keep so going. So I was like, that's great. But then I read the rest of the verse. Um. That through death, so he partook, became flesh and blood, partook of the same things, so that through death 
he might destroy the one who has the power of death. So he's the power of death is given to it only because if the enemy has that control. Yes. If the enemy has the control of death, then death has power. But if you remove the control from the enemy, death no longer has any uh, yeah, power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death. That is the, de- the devil. And deliver, now pay real close attention here, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Okay, two things right off the bat. I have a friend that said, how awesome is Jesus that he killed death with death? Which I think is exactly mm-hmm. the first part of that. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. awesome is that? He killed death with death. Yes. Now, part two is because you are fearful, it's because you're under the fear of death. Is that how I'm supposed to understand that? Unpack it. Unpack more of that. Jesus came, became a human, died on the cross, not only to save us from our sins, right, but to give us eternal life that begins the moment we believe. So there is no death Death only has control over us if we allow that devil to have what God already took back from him. Love that. So, if we are living our lives afraid to do the crazy that God desires for us, then we are giving the devil back something that God took from him. If we're afraid for our lives so we cannot do what God is calling us to, if we cannot be bold soldiers for the kingdom of heaven in every single moment of our lives because we are afraid of what it might cost us, then what we're trying to do is undo what Jesus already did. Matthew 10, 28. These are, this is Jesus. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. I'm just thinking like this passage, Jesus is saying, you know what? And, and the people, you got to think about the people he's talking to. Like there are people being crucified all the time in that day and age that they've done something against the Romans or, yes. right? There's just as, just as much violence, even more probably than what we see in our lives right now. That's going on. Like there was. Imagine driving to work and along the road are a bunch of crucifixes just, yeah. of people that yeah. are hung out because they're enemies of Rome. So you see in the book of Hebrews, the author saying, don't give up, share in the suffering, don't, don't turn back because it's so difficult. It's so difficult to be a follower of Jesus that the, the Paul and all these New Testament writers are just like, press on, share in the sufferings. How diff- why would you think you would be any different? Right. At the end of the Beatitudes, blessed are you when you're persecuted for righteousness sake, right? So he's saying, you know what? Do not get to the point where you're so afraid of what humanity can do to you that you miss out on the call of what the heavenly realm is calling you to do. Because if I am in disobedience to what God is calling me to do, I should be more afraid of that. 
I should be more afraid of saying no to God because I'm afraid something humanly is going to happen to me. That's good. That's good. The the thing, the thought that keeps going through my mind is that we just we love our we love our life. Mm-hmm. We just love our life too much, and until we and that's part of that's part of the problem. We're distracting. Yeah. We talked about distraction and risk. Mm-hmm. You know those two those things that hold us back. It's and Jesus is like, don't love your life. Don't love your life. The one that and we read it earlier, the one that like gives away his life will find it. But the one that wants to keep it and hold on to it tightly is the one that's going to lose it. Mm-hmm. And that's Jesus. And that's not like somebody else. That's out of his own mouth. So mm-hmm. that's where we need to be. Another one of these verses that popped up that was just like, oh, man. Second Corinthians 10, 3 through 4. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war against according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Uh, We have been called into this world not to be successful, not to have a good Facebook account, not to be... Not to have a lot of followers. Yeah, not to have, you know, all this stuff. Everything that we're told is everything that we see all day long. Not everything, but so much of what we see, so much of what we tell, we're told is just straight in defiance against what God says. God says, you are here. Everybody's listening right now. You are here right now to wage war, not according to the flesh. And this war that you have, the weapons that you have, have the divine power to destroy strongholds. We are mm. called to destroy strongholds. It's crazy because verse five then says we destroy arguments. So we destroy strongholds and we destroy arguments. And yeah. every lofty opinion that raises against the knowledge of God and take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Yeah. Dang, that's yeah. good. Woo! That's the point. Yeah. That's why we get up in the morning. That's why we get up in the morning. And if you have any other reason that you get up in the morning and you go about your day, then it's of the flesh. And this last, this verse, so bad. It's so difficult. <laughs> Philippians three eighteen and 19. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and their glory is their shame, with minds set on earthly things. Run that that list again, because I think there's something to the sequence that he's talking about. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly. Okay, so their God is their appetites, whatever, feed me now, you know, make me fat. And they glory in their shame. Wow. It's like, look how fleshly I am. Or look at the crazy um, stuff I did. Yeah, look how yeah. amazing our life isn't, but we're going to put it out there as it is. Wow. And then what's the last part? With minds set on earthly things. Glory in their shame and their minds are set. Wow. So their appetite, their glory, and their minds. minds. Man. 
2 Corinthians 4.17, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. And here's the thing. This is so hard. This is so difficult. This causes so much pain, so much suffering, so much difficulty. I have to completely change the everything about the way I do my day. I was hoping you'd get to this verse. I had thought about it. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. If we are to be the heaven crashing into earth and we want to be effective for the kingdom of heaven and be what God has called us to be, we have to lose our life. We got to deny the flesh. We got to suffer through, arm ourselves, put on the armor of God, go to war with weapons that can break down strongholds, realizing that this momentary suffering is passing, but the glory that it brings for the kingdom of heaven is eternal. You know what? Um, in our small group, we it's so crazy how the small group and this is overlapping. In fact, there it's was- It's not intentional either. It isn't because we've been planning this forever and some of it's been recorded for a long time, but we were talking about that passage about, because Francis Chan had referenced the passage that we did in our last podcast about everything being burned up, mm-hmm. gold, silver, jewels or wood hay or straw being burned up and I was like and then you stand before God and you're like this is all I have to offer and one of the girls was saying you know as in our small group she was like you know what I think is is the gold and the jewels it's going to be like the um the bonus footage of your life where oh you did this and you have no idea but here's what happened when you did this like God's just going to show the bonus footage movie of your life saying here's what when you, when you gave that up, here's how it made a difference. When you, all those things that we can't see, we can't even know, those are the gold and the jewels that are going to be like presented, and it's going to be like That's it's fantastic. all going to click and make sense. And it's going to be like, here's the reward. You see your reward? This person's here because of you. This person's here because of you. This person's here because of you. That's really like... If you think about it, store up your treasures in heaven, the only thing that we can take with us to heaven is somebody else. Yes. And I was thinking, I do not know who said this, and it could have been quoted by multiple people, but something to the effect that God's most significant work on the earth will never be seen by man. Hmm. I was like, wow. So the, so the things that... <laughs> So, so there's uh, uh, I heard a sermon. Oh, it's been years and years ago, and he said that he said this uh, contemporary Christian culture where we like elevate people and say, "Oh, well, so and so's got a new album out," and we elevate that. And he goes, "Wouldn't it be funny?" And he was just kind of just kind of kind of making this illustration. He goes, "Wouldn't it be funny if we get to heaven and Jesus goes right past those people and he finds?" the one lady that took care of her mom that was dying of cancer and gave her a bath. And he said, you know what? When you did that, when you did that, that was unto me. Mm-hmm. And our value system is mm-hmm. completely flipped over mm-hmm. because we're not valuing what, and you talk about the bonus reel of your life. Yeah. 
He's like, you see, when you did that, that was when I was paying attention. Yeah. Whew. Why don't you pray us out, Kev? Can Are you serious? Can He's I crying right now. I cannot pray us out. <laughs> I'll pray us out. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for the overwhelming um, challenge that you put upon me and Fred and Kevin as we've just even been faithful to come and sit down and talk through all this stuff. And um, I just pray, God, that you would help us find ways to make this more than just a podcast where we turn on the record button and now we're all holy and then we turn it off and we just go back to life. I pray God that it would influence and affect us in powerful ways. And I pray God for all of those people who might be listening right now, whether they are, um, whether the dirt is, is stronger than the breath and they're just drowning in their humanity and unable to find a way out, I pray, God, that you would help them find ways to arm themselves with the same way of thinking that you had. I pray, God, that you would help them find ways to serve you and replace the flesh. And then I also pray, God, for those of us who are afraid to do the bold thing or even afraid to just talk to our neighbor. I pray, God, that you would give us power to break down strongholds with your spirit as we walk in the spirit, that we, God, would be, as your church, the perfect representation of heaven crashing into earth as we go through our day, that we would bring your holiness into this dark chaos around us even when we don't feel like it, even when it's hard, even when it may cost us our life. I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit will just go out right now and speak and push and prod and lead and guide so that we can be an effective tool for your kingdom. We ask this in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Whole Testament. Be sure to like and subscribe at Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So follow us on those platforms as well. We'll see you next time.
That was super sweet. Well, swell. Now we can start doing all the silly voices again with Gary Sinise. <laughs> I'm so hungry for a chicken salad sandwich right now. It's so, it tastes so good. Lightning bolts.